Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hi, guys. We've made it to episode 18 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the lovely Lauren Hazelwood. Yes, she's the sister of rookie supercar driver Todd. However, she has had an amazing career to date. At a tender age of 24, she's currently a motorsport media professional with a background in media within the circuit racing space. Lauren has worked for the lights of the Confederation of Australian Motorsport and currently works full-time with rookie supercar team Matt Stone Racing, as well as running her own media business. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I do. So uh, welcome to the show, Laura. I'm really excited to hear all about your journey today. It certainly sounds very exciting, starting off from being the ducks of the school right through to owning your own media company. Um, Tell us about yourself and and your journey. Um, As I said, it sounds really exciting. Uh, Well, I guess like anyone that works in motorsport, I was just a massive fan growing up and my family have had a really, you know, big background in motorsport. It's pretty much become part of our life. So it was inevitable that I'd end up working in it. But, um, yeah, it's been a very exciting journey um, having, you know, gone from supporting my brother and going to go-kart tracks around the country and missing school and all that sort of stuff to then studying journalism to then, you know, moving from Adelaide to Melbourne and then, you know, now to this day I'm travelling around the country going to motorsport events, which is really exciting. And did, have you ever competed yourself? Um, I once uh, did a story <laughs> at Cairns when I was working there full time and um, I participated in a Come and Try Day. So that's about the extent of uh, my motorsport career. It was at Haunted Hills um, in Victoria. So apart from that, I... I've never competed, but um, always have such the utmost respect for drivers. Yeah, because your dad was a driver as well, wasn't he? Yeah, dad, um, he used to actually race desert bikes and um, he did that when he was young. And then um, unfortunately, when my brother and I were both really young, he had an accident on his bike just on the road. So he decided then and there he wasn't going to you know, do anything bike related. Um, Actually, up until this year when Dad came out of his 20-plus year retirement and did the Fink Desert Race, which was really exciting. So, yeah, we've always been involved in motorsport and, um, yeah. And what does Mum do? Is she, like, the manager or...? <laughs> oh, Mum, like, a bit like uh, Chris Jenner with the Kardashians. I like to yeah. call her a bit of a momager, but um, Mum's <laughs> really supportive of both my brother and, yeah, my career as well. So... You know, she cooks some um, sausages to raise money for my brother's racing. She's, yeah, always at the racetrack, always smiling. At Bathurst, she was selling merchandise across four days. So, you know, our whole family's really involved with, uh, with motorsport. And, yeah, it's really cool to have them be part of it as well. Yeah, what a wonderful experience to have um, as a family. Um, that's one of the things I really love about motorsport as well. Is it really is that true family sport, isn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, motorsport is super family friendly. And, um, you know, if you go to a supercars event or really any motorsport event, it's just so many happy, young, smiling faces and families. And, you know, it's exciting to see the future of our sport as well. You know, all the drivers, um, you know, signing autographs for these young kids, you can tell that they just mean so much to them. So. And so what led you get into journalism, Lauren? Like, obviously, there's lots of different avenues you could have pursued, but why journalism? Um, to be honest, I got told that I was good at writing. Um, and <laughs> I always thought, well, if you're good at something, you should do that. So I tied in my love of motorsport and I guess me being able to write, I decided to pursue a career in journalism. I wasn't too sure um, what I wanted to do when I was at school. So yeah, I just ended up doing that for about three years and um, you know, worked at some really incredible places along the way. I did internships with the ABC and I wanted to learn pretty much every kind of aspect of journalism, even though I knew I wanted to be a motorsport. I did children's news, I did radio. I just wanted to broaden my skills as much as possible. And here you are today with your own media company. So tell us a little bit about that. What does Lauren Hazelwood Media do? So I pretty much just look after press releases for drivers and kind of coach them about, you know, what's important about PR. We all know that it is important, but people kind of go, what is PR? Why is it important? So, you know, it's about educating the drivers and, you know, making themselves approachable to, you know, future sponsors or, yeah, just making them well-established. Yeah, and so what is your role then at Matt Stone Racing at the moment? So, so um, your title is Media and Events Manager. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that and what do you actually do? Yeah, so um, at the start of this year, I started working for Matt Stone Racing and um, as people may know, that's a brand new Supercars Championship team that have stepped up from the Super 2 Series into the big league, so to speak. So... Um, my role there is managing pretty much all aspects of the media for that team mm -hmm. um, and also helping out with um, sponsorship and clients at the event. So, you know, to run a supercars team it is quite expensive. So, you know, you have to look after those all important sponsors and, um, yeah, make sure they're catered for at the circuit as well. Mm -hmm. And that's the event side of the, the role? Uh, yeah, so the event side, um, you know, just pre-event planning and, you know, making sure that everything's running on time and that the driver is where they have to, supposed to be and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. And what's your favourite part of that role? The favourite part <laughs> and probably the worst part is travelling. Although you don't, you don't get to spend a lot of time at home and I actually work from home in Melbourne, so, but I'm never home. <laughs> We're always away travelling around the countryside um, doing supercars events. So. At this time, there's only three more events left for the year, so it's starting to close in on that. But, um, of course, 2019 is just around the corner, so just getting ready for that season as well in the meantime. Yeah, and when you're not doing Matt Stone Racing, you've got a role with, Nash um, with Shen International. Yeah. Um, what do you do there? And so I guess that's more weekends away for yeah. you as well. <laughs> Well, that role kind of came about when I was working full-time at the um, Confederation of Australian Motorsport, and this is now my third year of working for the Shannons Nationals. So, resigned from the CAMS at the end of last year, they offered me the Shannons Nationals role, and the Shannons Nationals is, you know, a great place for categories, or circuit racing categories, to compete. Yeah, this year we had six events, and now we're working towards our 2019 calendar and announcing that, so... Um, I manage all the media side, so whether that's photographers coming to the event or, um, you know, writing out press releases at the event. So, 
yeah, very exciting to be involved with the Shannon's Nationals. I think it's um, a great kind of way for those who don't want to race in the supercars calendar to come to a, yeah, a happy place to race. <laughs> so that seems to be like 22 weeks, weekends of the year that you're away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have like an outside interest or hobby or do you have time for one? No, I used, to play, I used to play music as a kid and I thought of taking that up again. But, um, yeah, when you're racing from March to November and you've got 22 weekends away, it's kind of hard to squeeze in some hobbies. <laughs> I mean, apart from training at the gym and stuff, that's probably my one little outside yeah. thing that I get to do. But, um, yeah, other than that, pretty busy. So <laughs> not too many hobbies. And so, obviously, you work in a male-dominant industry, Laura. What are some of the biggest challenges you come up? I know we all, as females, I guess you get asked this question quite a lot. But, um, you know, I haven't personally felt that, you know, being a female in motorsport has affected me in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, it's just good to encourage other women to get involved and, um, you know, look at all the different skills that are out there. There's so many amazing women that work in the sport, whether it's officials or in the media. I know probably about 70% of the PR roles in supercars are filled by women. So, you know, it's very exciting to have so many women working in the sport. And I guess it's about creating awareness that, you know, it is male-dominated, but there are a lot of women that work in the industry as well. Yeah. I agree 100%. And more and more, um, we're seeing them come up um, in those bigger roles as well, which is fantastic to see. So again, I guess, like, what what are some of the challenges um, in your role as media manager um, and trying, I guess, spread the word out or or for PR um, that you come across? I guess um, being motorsport, even though we see it as a big kind of sport, it is hard to compete with um, other codes such as cricket, the AFL or NRL. Um, So it's about, you know, expanding to other media and telling them that you know motorsport is a very tough industry and um you know drivers don't get paid like other athletes so you know it's about creating awareness and making sure that motorsport is in the media and in the broadened media not just for the bad things like crashes but you know about good results so yeah that's probably the biggest challenge is just getting out to the broader media that you know what the sport is and it is quite a massive sport, whether it's circuit racing, rally racing, or, you know, bikes. There's just so many parts of motorsport. And, um, yeah, that's probably the biggest challenge. Yeah. And have you had any tips to overcome those challenges or any great successes? Like you've got the right contacts yeah. or is it a matter of pulling on all of those fantastic networks that you've made through internships and things like that? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, contacts in the broader media are crucial. It's about networking. Um, and, you know, once they know you personally, they're more inclined to run a story on, you know, your team or, you know, yourself as a driver. So, you know, yeah, definitely contacts is absolute key. Um, and for drivers coming up through the sport, yeah, we can't kind of express enough how important it is to make yourself completely accessible to the media. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to educate the drivers around about getting themselves out there and making sure that they're networking. And not only at the track, of course, that's important, but outside of the track as well. Um, so, you know, get involved in some of like local business meetings and... Absolutely. And um, one thing that I think drivers can definitely do more of is networking. Um, I'll use my brother as an example. He, you know, was always on the phone making phone calls to people that he didn't know, just cold calling, trying to get, you know, all that important funding to get his career off the road and um, on the road, sorry. And um, 
Yeah, I guess one thing that I probably could recommend to drivers is to use things like LinkedIn and, um, you know, make profiles and, you know, tell potential clients what they've been up to, um, you know, how their season's going so far. Um, it's not all just about Facebook, you know, there's so much more than that. So, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely lots of platforms that they can use. Do you think there's a preferred platform? I mean, you mentioned LinkedIn. That's one of my favourite ones, obviously, for a business to business. Do you think a driver should be on one more than the other or what's your personal opinion? I think a presence on all kind of major platforms is really important. Um, They've all got their own place. Um, You know, Instagram for that younger audience, um, sharing photos and just that really quick content. Um, Facebook's good for video content, Twitter's good for just quick little updates, you know, live updates even throughout the race if they want to get someone else, you know, managing their account while they're on track, you know, all of those platforms are so important and they've all got their own place. So I wouldn't say there's one that's more important than the other. I think a presence on all of them is really important. Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. And I think it's also about finding what you like to do too. So like, is it video that you prefer to do or is it just quick chats or, you know, yeah, what absolutely. yeah, that makes them feel comfortable to certainly run with that. And like you said, stick to your strengths. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it's always good to have someone, you know, not, I don't believe that media managers should write all of the content. Um, I do do think that drivers should have their own presence on social media so they can engage with the fans. You know, some drivers might not be as strong in spelling or, you know, something like that. So it's important to have someone just look over their social accounts and make sure that there aren't little things like grammatical or spelling errors that um, we can all make. It's uh, just human to do that. But yeah, I, I think it's important that the driver has a personality and they show that and then engage with those people that want to support them. Most definitely agree, 100%, Lauren. So, honey, you mentioned before that you're only 24 years of age. You've had an outstanding career to date. What, what's your absolute dream role that you'd love to do? And is, and is it in motorsports still? Or is it what, where would you love to go? I mean, I don't really have a dream as such. I just love what I do. So, you know, to be able to do what I do now, I guess, kind of is living out the dream. You know, working with family is really important. So, you know, I used to have goals that I wanted to work in Formula One or that I wanted to go to Europe and work in circuit racing over there. But now it's, I guess it's just more so about having fun, um, enjoying what I do and making sure that I'm always happy, which I think is important. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, like you're so young, so you can get there anytime, go to Europe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And um, I mean, supercars is a great place to work. Um, and be part of as much as people kind of go it's a bit of a circus because you're away every second weekend but you know you get to meet so many fantastic people whether you're going to Darwin or somewhere like Tasmania we're going to New Zealand later this year so you know it's about learning new things about all these different places that you get to go to as well. And I think it comes back to that main point again that it helps you allowed to build networks. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when you go away to all these different places, you know, meet people from different sports and yeah, you're getting those contacts in different corners of Australia and externally, which is, um, yeah, very important. 
Yeah, and once those networks are established, like when you're going back, say, to a place like Darwin and you've got maybe a smaller sponsor there, you know that you can touch base with them again in the next, you know, eight months' time to say, look, we're coming back. You know, would you like to come back on board again? And it's, it's yeah. much easier to, to get that sponsor on board. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, whether it's even pushing a news story as an example, um, I'll use Darwin as a great one because um, I work with Bryce Forward, who's from Darwin, oh, and um, they haven't had a supercars driver from Darwin for probably about 20 years. So when we announced that um, he was going to be the co-driver for the Big Mate Racing team, you know, we were able to get him on the back page of the paper just because of that um, local connection. People wanted to get on board with following Bryce, and um, we were able to maximise that and get him on that back page announcing that he was going to be a co-driver and that Darwin was going to have a supercars driver again, which was really exciting. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's great. And um, did you find that he um, had any more sponsors come through from that or like, what, was there kind of any great outcome yeah. other than getting a better following and just that brand awareness? I'm not sure if he did get any more kind of sponsors, but it's about also maintaining those relationships with your current sponsors and, um, you know, making sure that they feel like they're being looked after and whenever you can kind of push content out that's a good news story, that helps, you know, as well as accruing new interests, you're helping maintain those existing relationships as well. Yeah, and so you wanted to talk about um, Big Mate and they seem to be a great sponsor, of, oh, I think, of the family. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about Big Mate and what do, what do they do and how do they help you? Um, so Big Mate have been part of our team for three years now, including um, the Super 2 Series. Big Mate actually came along uh, with another sponsor, Jason Gomesaw, who's a very proud investor of the team. So he runs a company called iSeek Communications. So... Big Mate came on board just due to networking and, um, you know, managing those existing partnerships that we had. And, um, yeah, Big Mate, a GPS tracking company, they're based in Australia. Um, so it's really cool to have, you know, Australian partners on the car and have them support Australian motorsport. Oh, that's so great. Um, when they can see the potential in, in young drivers and, and young teams, I guess, from, from your perspective. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that you've been so fortunate enough to have those two great supporters um, go with you on this journey. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, what it, I guess when you go from winning to, you know, effectively losing in one season, you know, we're winning the Super 2 Series to now, you know, we're coming 26th in the Supercars Championship. So, you know, there are challenges that come with that, whether, you know, you're having you know, not as good of a season on track to still make sure that the sponsors are happy and that they're, you know, still invested in the journey and that, yeah, it's not the easiest thing to be, you know, coming last in a championship and to tell your sponsors that, you know, results-wise this isn't, you know, happening this year. However, you know, about managing those relationships at the circuit and, um, yeah, just showing them that it's much more than performance on track. Most definitely. And I think that's something that you guys, so MSR, really do fantastically, as well as yourself and Todd. Yeah. Thank and you. Does, <laughs> that's all right. And does, like, Big Mate do any sort of activations at the track or have they at any of the events that you've helped assist with? Um, so Big Mate will um, bring their own clients to the events. So <laughs> it's about, you know, it's networking for them as well, which is why they're involved. So... 
um, you know, that important business to business and, um, yeah, just maximising the partnership as much as possible, um, having them bring out, you know, future clients of theirs to the event, which, um, yeah, is very important. And, yeah, Supercars is a great place to do that as well, just purely based on their entertainment that they give the fans at the circuit and, um, yeah, and their corporate hospitality as well. Yeah, and what's included in a corporate experience? We haven't touched base really on that so far in these episodes. So can you tell us a little bit about what they do in the corporate experience or what do you offer the corporates? Um, so corporates can be from, you know, a, a logo on the car or the helmet or the suit to, you know, giving them once-in-a-lifetime opportunities like hot laps where, you know, they'll be absolutely amazed. And anyone that's done a hot lap before would know that, yeah, it completely blows your mind. So um, being able to, you know, showcase what the team does, it's not just about, you know, having a logo on the car. It's about the whole corporate experience, whether, you know, that's a, a drinks and food package at the Gold Coast 600 to, you know, a hot lap at our ride day at Queensland Raceway. So, yeah, there's many things that um, you can kind of sell to a sponsor, pit tours and all that sort of stuff is great as well. Meet and greet sessions with drivers, just making sure that they have as much access to all kind of assets of the team as possible. Yeah, fantastic. And I think it's really important for any category that the drivers can offer something, um, not just so much, you know, I, I feel like some of the, the lower support categories think they can't do anything like that because they're not in the main game, so to speak. Yeah, no, and... Um, no matter what you're racing, there's always a way that you can bring, you know, corporates to the event. I know with the Shannon's Nationals, they've got um, this uh, lounge called the Morris Finance Drivers Club, which is another example of how, you know, drivers who might not be racing on the supercars stage can still bring clients to the event and entertain them in effectively the same way that supercars would for probably about a quarter of the price. So, you know, there are things that drivers can do to maximise, you know, their partnerships with sponsors. Um, although, you know, it is very hard when you're a young up-and-coming racer who might be racing Formula 4 to, you know, attract that sponsorship. forgot where I was, sorry. Um, <laughs> you're just saying it was hard for the younger guys to attract, especially like in Formula Fords, for them to attract corporate yeah. or, or yeah. I guess offerings you were going to go down. Uh, yeah. So if you're a young driver and, you know, you're trying to get that sponsor, it is hard when, you know, you don't have TV deals like the supercars do and um, that platform of media to kind of go, okay, I'm 14, I'm stepping up from go-karts into circuit racing. It's not easy. Anyone that says that it's easy, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very difficult. But um, I like to think if it was easy, everyone would do it. So just, you know, try and remember that doing something that's, you know, really kind of special and, you know, you've just got to put everything into it to make your dream happen. Yeah, 100%. Great words of advice there. Um, and can you recommend any other tips or tricks, uh, Lauren, for up-and-coming competitors that they can do to, like, improve either their social media or th their PR or their media side of things? Great place to start is social media. And um, if you are a young driver, I strongly suggest getting on LinkedIn and just um, broadening those contacts, you know, whether you want to learn something from other drivers you can follow them on that social platform it's much better than trying to add them on their personal facebook page because they probably won't accept you but on linkedin you know you have that 
business platform where you can, you know, ask for advice or, you know, tell future prospects that, you know, what you've been up to in your racing season so far. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And if people are looking to do more around the PR media side, how can they get in contact with you to utilise your services? So I have a website called laurenhazelmedia.com. I don't work for a whole lot of drivers, but I'm always here for advice. So, you know, if anyone ever has a question, they're more and more than welcome to touch base and, um, yeah, try and get their career started. And, um, yeah, I know having uh, been there myself and watched my brother, you know, go through his career, whether he was racing open wheelers to now supercars, it um, hasn't been an easy road. So I guess any advice that we can hand down to young drivers, um, you know, trying to make their ways through their own motorsport journey. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that. And I always like to finish off our interviews by asking, uh, what is your favourite racetrack in Australia or New Zealand or anywhere really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, most people would say Bathurst just purely because Mount Panorama is a breathtaking place. But um, for myself, the Adelaide 500 is my absolute favorite event because I grew up in Adelaide and I always went to that event as a kid so you know that circuit always brings back a lot of good memories and I think you know to start a supercar season there is absolutely awesome the fans are fantastic um you know you've got nearly 200,000 people walking around the track across four days so wow that place there is yeah absolutely awesome <laughs> I've never been to the Adelaide 500, so I must put that one on my list. Yeah, so definitely put that one down. And um, Adelaide really get behind the event. There's so much. They call it Mad March for a reason. So yeah, it's <laughs> a cool place at that time of the year. All right. Well, I might see you there in 2019. That <laughs> sounds good. I'll see you then. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Lauren. Thank you very much for having me. And um, yeah, all the best with the podcast. Thanks very much. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in motorsport coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at MotivateT. Until next time, take care. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? Motivatetraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.